Welcome to The Bag Drop, Untold Stories in Golf. I'm your host and co-founder of New Club Golf Society, Matt Considine. Today, we have a very special guest, native of Lamont, Illinois, and current executive vice president of Bettinardi Golf, Sam Bettinardi. Alongside his father, Bob, Sam has been playing a key role in the company's growth, not only in sales and operations, but also putter designs and player development. Personally, I knew Bettinardi made great putters, but didn't know the company's backstory or the people behind it. So this conversation was really a treat and gave me so much more appreciation for what they do as craftsmen and women and, and a family-owned business in Chicago like Bettinardi. Bettinardi Golf has amassed 80 worldwide tour wins since 1998, including six on the PGA Tour in the last two years. With current players like Francesco Malinari, Francesco, that's fun to say. Fred Couples, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Jason Kokrak, Ani Park, Mooney He, and the most recent LPGA major winner, Patty Tavitanikit. These guys are on a roll. The company's success is fascinating to me, but generally speaking, Sam is just a great dude to talk golf with. He's a talented player himself and a lifelong Chicagoan who has some great stories hanging out with the likes of Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen, but he, he's just a normal guy who enjoys playing golf and listening to Grateful Dead occasionally. One thing I'm grateful for this month is each and every one of our members in the Golf Society. That's why our official partner for the next two events, both member guests in Atlanta and Chicago, is going to be none other than you. You are members and your guests. The Chicago Stinger is Monday, June 22nd at Flossmoor Golf Club, and the Atlanta Brood, our inaugural member guest in ATL, is Monday, June 28th at TPC Sugarloaf. We will have artwork, food, contests, and gifts for you and your guests, plus 27 holes of spirited competition. We'll be raising some money, as we often do, for the first tee and youth on course in both of these markets. And before the day is done, we will have ourselves a champion, crowned after one-of-a-kind knockout format, horse race, whatever you want to call it. Uh, shout out to the scientists putting together our formats in the lab. The professor's been working hard along with Phil Roca. And those champions this year are going to leave with a little something extra thanks to the artisans over at Bettinardi. And seriously, I can't wait to share these because they're golf clubs, but they look more like art to me. Spots are going fast for both events, but we do have some available. So get yourself over in the New Club member app. You can book for you and your guest. If you are not a member of New Club, but you listen to this podcast and you share our reverence for the game, head over to newclub.golf slash join and send us an application. We're always looking for the next kindred spirit to enjoy this game with. And life is just too damn short to play less compelling golf. So check us out. Without further ado, on to the show. Sam Bettinardi, welcome to The Bag Drop. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Great to be here. It's, I'm excited to chat with you, man. There's a, a whole bunch as we were getting ready for this. Uh, a whole bunch this morning just crossed my mind that I wanted to ask you about. I'm going to start with a really basic one because I think – you know, folks that are in the golf industry, that people, you know, whose last names are, are part of golf companies, we just assume that you've always been a golfer. I, I want to start with a real simple one. How did you get into golf? Uh, well, you are right. I have always been a golfer. Um, you know, I started playing at the age of three. Uh, my dad had not started making putters in the golf industry till 92. So right when I was about three years old, I was born in 89. I'm 31. Uh, so started golf at a very young age, played a lot of junior golf tournaments, all the, 
uh, Illinois Junior Golf Association, the AJGA, Plantation Junior Golf, Future Collegiate World Tour, all that fun stuff. So I've been uh, pretty much born with a club in my hand. That's right. And you, you yeah. had some accolades to your junior golf career, right? Uh, maybe, a, a, was it Junior Golf of the Year, Illinois? Yeah, I had a pretty good uh, run in high school, a little bit in college, but uh, IJJ Player of the Year, I was uh, All-American for the FCWT. I still have the plaque just because uh, right next to my name is Patrick Cantlay's name. So it's kind of cool that we were both in that same category. Obviously, he's a little better golfer than me nowadays, but uh, something I can still kind of look back to and go, hey, we were uh, we were in the same boat at one point in our career. So pretty good. Well, that's that's not a bad name to be next to. Um, <laughs> and and you're still pretty darn good. I, I have some friends who have uh, been on the other side of a of a match with you before and um and you got some club championships to your name so as a busy guy you know running betting already and all the things you got going on do you how does competitive golf fit into your life now yeah it's a great question um i i mean i love golf i love getting out to compete i mean having grown up playing golf my whole life competing and then now going to the business world which you're competing but i don't practice anymore um, unless it's like club championship week, I'll try to sneak in like an hour before work or an hour after work. But otherwise I just think now it's just, it's so much fun going out there and just playing, you know, you don't have time to practice. I have two kids. So it's like, Hey, when you're out there, I'm loose. I'm free. Just, I just want to score and have fun. So I think in a weird way, that's actually helped my golf game, uh, not focusing on, you know, how do you get better? And, you know, where's your hands at the top and, what should you be, you know, how's your breathing and uh, all these different things that maybe affect the mental side of golf where now it's just free. And I, I honestly could say I'm playing the best golf of my life, just, just enjoying it and having fun. So it's, it's pretty cool. Hey, I'm, I'm waiting for that uh, parenthood, you know, re relaxing game to come into effect. I, I stink right now, Sam, my game has, has taken a hit. I got a six month old at home. What tips do you have for the new dads <laughs> and the new moms trying to figure it out? just go play golf. Just tell your, tell your wife, you got to get out of the house. And I think that should help and just get your mind off uh, all the fun uh, that parenting has to go along with it. And because you, you, you know, you don't have as much time, that precious time on the golf course is, is very precious. So enjoy it and just, you know, let that time uh, be used to clear the mind and hopefully get a little bit better at the game. That's good advice. I uh, was, you know, perusing the site, I, we're going to talk about some of the PGA uh, pros that Bettinardi works with. And I, I think everybody's interested in that. Something else I'm interested in is, you know, you guys are a Chicago company through and through, and you're, you're a Chicago kid, you know, growing up, you, you've had the opportunity to hang out with a lot of uh, Chicago legends of not just golf of sport. You know, I saw you guys did a collaboration with Scotty Pippen. I, I've seen you at dinner with Dennis Rodman. I mean, these are like, you know, <laughs> idols of, of, I wasn't even a Chicago kid. I'm from Ohio and I love these people. So what was, what's it been like to be able to, to cross the golf threshold and, and just being a Chicago kid hanging out with these legends? I mean, how, how has that been for you? Yeah, it's, I, I'm pretty fortunate to be in this business and, you know, to be able to take it from, uh, my dad's, you know, hobby and his, his baby. And now to, you know, the brand that we are today and, you know, the, the amazing part about golf is it brings so many people together, whether it's, you know, snowboarders or basketball players or actors, uh, you know, any, any kind of industry act, you know, 
So, so to be able to have that and have our Chicago roots, you know, we make all of our product here in Tinley Park, which is about 30, 35 minutes from uh, downtown Chicago. And I think the word's gotten out there that, hey, there's this incredible golf company that's in our backyard making their, their own product, right? Nobody else can claim that, that we actually make our own stuff. Um, and they come to the studio, they get fit, they love the experience, they tell more people, you know, I mean, I'm not going to do too many name drops, but just two weeks ago, we had four guys from the White Sox in and uh, made custom putters for Carlos Rodon and Zach Collins, who caught the no-hitter. So that was really cool. I'm a huge diehard White Sox fan. So that was awesome for me, you know, being able to play golf with guys like Rizzo, Ian Happ, Happ's on our uh, ambassador list. And then, like you mentioned, the collaboration with Pippen, uh, guys on the Hawks. So it's been cool being a huge sports fan, being a big Chicago sports fan, um, being able to, you know, play and make product for these guys. You know, to me, it's just, it's a dream. It's, it's something that I take for granted probably a little bit, but uh, it's cool to know that these players and these people in Chicago want to use uh, and game our product. And just one last thing, I was at the PGA Championship this week. We threw a party uh, down in Charleston and Joel Murray was there, who's got obviously Chicago ties, it's, you know, the Murray family, they're from Wilmette. And just going back and forth, you know, trading stories. They're diehard Cup fan. We're diehard White Sox fan. So golf connects so many people. That's the amazing part about this game and uh, the fun part about being in the golf business, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd imagine that, uh, you know, when you're playing with Hap and, and Rizzo, I mean, are in your Sox fan and your competitor, how badly do you want to beat those guys just to protect, uh, you know? bad <laughs> of course uh so yeah that match it was rizzo and i versus uh half and a buddy and rizzo and i came out on top but uh later on in the round rizzo did found out i was a white Sox fan he couldn't believe it but uh that didn't stop us from taking home the cheese on that round the uh that's awesome Another Chicago thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, you and I both serve on the leadership council for the Western Golf Association. Evan Scholars this week is actually the Evan Scholars Invitational. We're partnering up with them. Give me a sense of uh, you, you've been very involved with them uh, since I've been involved with them, and I, I just love to know you know what does that work on that uh, committee, the work that the Evan Scholars do. What does that mean to you as a golfer? Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I went to Marquette University, which did have an Evans house and, uh, you know, played on the golf team up there and made a lot of friends with, uh, you know, kids in the Evans house that I still talk to and see a lot today. And just kind of having that mutual respect, you know, I was a collegiate athlete, you know, they're on the, you know, through the Evans program, uh, played a lot of courses, you know, you know, had a lot, had a lot of caddies that have gone through that and just respect what they do. Uh, I think it's great how they're able to get, you know, a full four-year ride, you know, actually better than a lot of collegiate athletes get uh, to go to school and help out kids that maybe not come from the most, uh, you know, affluent families and be able to get a four-year ride. And uh, just seeing some of the success my friends have had has been tremendous, not coming out of college with uh, tremendous student debt, going right into the business world, you know, network. Uh, I mean, again, another great thing about this game, golf connects so many people. So the caddies and what the Evans program has done is networking with, you know, big business people, uh, uh, influential people in the Chicagoland, wherever, whatever clubs, the Evans scholarship has now grown to across the entire country. Uh, it's been awesome to see. And we're, again, we're huge supporters, you know, uh, John Kaskowski, Vince Pellegrino, the guys up at WGA and my friends that are on the committee and running it uh, a lot of fun. And just, you know, again, 
so proud to be involved in that and the WGA's in our backyard. So it's a, it's a great partnership and I think super fitting for veterinary golf. Yeah. I, I joke. I've, I've been uh, lucky to have plenty of Evan, Evan scholars on the bag and I joke with them every time that I, I put all my hours and all my attention into hitting golf balls on the, on the range. And I got a 10th of a scholarship uh, that was hard to keep. And, and they got, you know, I, I didn't know that I just should have studied more and I should have picked up more golf bags and actually caddied because uh, you, you talk to those kids and it, it truly is life-changing. It's totally life-changing. So, and again, I witnessed it. Three of my closest friends are Evan scholars. Um, so it's, it's amazing. And again, we're so proud to be involved in it and being in our backyard makes it even that much more special. So it's pretty cool. So let's get to Bettinardi because I'm, I'm interested in you, Sam, as a, as a golfer, uh, as, as a person, but as a business owner, I, that's one of my favorite things to have on the show is people that are entrepreneurs that, uh, have taken on risk in their lives. And, um, but partially cause I, I have as well. So I, I really do enjoy these conversations. What I'm curious for you is what was it like, you know, you, you worked in finance prior to coming to Bettinardi. What was it like, you know, stepping into, uh, Tibetan Nardi. And when did you know that you wanted to, you know, follow the golf footsteps of, of your father? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, stepping into the company, you know, I, I uh, started here essentially right after college, having gotten a degree in business management and did some, uh, like you said, a little work in finance with Merrill Lynch and the Galbert group. But um, it was something I knew I always wanted to do having been a, you know, uh, I guess a thoroughbred golfer my whole life being ingrained in it since a very young age. I knew I wanted to get some experience outside. I was able to do that a little bit, but the time when I joined the company, you know, we were kind of at a turning point where in 2008, we left Mizuno and 09 to 12, we were on our own, just trying to build Bettinardi from the ground up. And we were able to sign Matt Kuchar uh, in January of 2013 or the talks of it. And that's when I joined the company and my father, Bob told me, he goes, Hey, you know, why don't you start working for us now instead of doing something else for you know, two to four years, I, I kind of need you. I need someone to help sell and market it. And that was, that was the best decision I ever made just because I know I'm going to be in this business for the rest of my life. And why not learn uh, this business? There's so much to learn. So why not learn this the best I possibly can now? I mean, I think it's been nine years and there's still so much I don't know and would love to keep getting my hands in. Um, so coming in then being here eight or nine years, it's, it's been a great ride and just trying to soak up as much as possible you know you learn a lot in college but you really don't learn that much until you get into the real world in my opinion you know I think one of the funny funny things my dad always jokes about right after college my desk was you know 10 feet from his office at a little round table and he goes you know Sam great job getting your degree but now you're going to get your uh, your master's in uh, in business for me in about a year so and he was right you know just learning how to talk to people how to make phone calls uh, you know, dealing with people, you know, we have a hundred, you know, when I started, I think we had 60 employees. Now we have 140 employees here. So just dealing with all the different departments, you know, again, because we manufacture everything in house. So from our paint filling, our polishing, our club assembly, our studio B sales, marketing design, uh, you know, distributorship, you know, the legal side of things, the financial side, there's a lot to learn. Um, and the thing that I want to keep learning from is again, the, the milling, the manufacturing, the materials that we're using, how we're, how we're making things start to finish. I mean, that's a lot, uh, supply chain management. 
So just being able to just soak up and spend time in each different department has been uh, extremely valuable the last you know eight or nine years I've been here and uh, hope to continue to grow and expand my skill set with you know all those different departments. You you mentioned Cooch. So I, I, that aligned with, with you joining the company. I, I didn't know that. Um, my first question on Matt Kuchar is, uh, can you arrange a meeting between him and my wife? Uh, <laughs> my, my wife thinks he, it, she, she's in love with Matt Kuchar and, and has been since I've known her. Um, she, she jokingly tells me that Matt Kuchar is her favorite Matt of a golfer. <laughs> and it drives me nuts, but uh, I'm a Cooch fan too, kind of through uh, osmosis with her. So if you can arrange a meeting for, for her and Matt, she would. Well, he does come to the studio once a year. So if you're happy to be in Tinley Park, uh, we might be able to make that happen. I got a, I got a 34 year old stalker that, that'll be perfect. Um, <laughs> she, she loves stalkers. <laughs> she, she, she's a huge fan. But uh, my other question is uh, the arm bar. So I'm, I'm an arm bar guy now. I have been for two years. I'm, nice. I'm rolling with, with what you guys set me up through the Studio B experience, which I want to talk to you about. But um, what I would love to know is, I mean, I did my research before talking to you. Uh, the arm bar wasn't a thing, yet, right? You guys invented it. I don't know if you can say that, but it does seem to me that on the biggest stage of golf, you guys were the, the first. Is that is that correct? Yeah, we, we can easily say that uh, because – that was, again, one of the paramount moments when I joined the company is my father telling me, hey, we're about to create this new putter, this new technology, and we have the only guy on tour using it and pioneering it in Matt Kuchar, who's a top 15 player in the world, right? Why don't you come on board? So the arm lock started back in, you know, 93, if you really want to go to its roots, or even before that, Spider Miller, a great amateur player in the 80s using it, but he had the grip going past his elbow. And then 93, Bernhard Langer won the Masters uh, with a putter that he had pressed onto his forearm. It wasn't, you know, upper wrist. It wasn't all the way up his forearm like Kuchar was. So Kuchar took a little bit of inspiration, I think mostly from Spider Miller, a little bit from Bernhard. And he approached us in 2012. Uh, we actually went to him. We saw him at Whistling Straits and we said, Kuch, you know, you won your first tournament with us. How do we get you back? And he told us, hey, I'm trying this new style. You know, maybe you guys could help make it for me because he had been to our shop, won the 2002 Honda Classic with us. You know, he was very familiar with our company and he knew if there was someone that could create something, I guess, out of thin air or from scratch, it was us. You know, we don't order product from China. We don't design it and have someone else make it. We make it all of ourselves. So Kuchar had won the money title in 2011. And in 2012, he was, you know, he was a good putter, but he wanted to be more consistent. So he had this idea of uh, pressing the, the grip against his forearm throughout the putting stroke. And he thought that was going to make him a better putter. So it came down to us and two other putter companies. And basically in December of 2012, he said, you guys did it. You nailed it. And it must have taken 25 to 30 different heads, uh, varying offsets, varying lofts, uh, different head shapes, everything you could possibly imagine to turn into what it, it came into in 2013 when we brought it to uh, the retail market. Uh, so that was a really cool development. It took about a year, uh, about a year and a half start to finish. And now, you know, we're still selling them. I, I'd say we're the leader in arm lock technology, you know, being the only milled putter company to have one out there, uh, you know, available for consumption. And it's funny, we see the arm lock sales kind of go in waves. So depending on who's using it, you know, you've got guys like, 
uh, DeChambeau, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, uh, of course, Kucher, uh, having a lot of success with it. Wills Altoris. Yeah, Wills, exactly. He's Altoris at the Masters. So a lot of those guys are, are putting very well and they're consistent and people see it on TV and they Google arm lock putters and we come up first because, again, we've been doing it for eight years. Uh, so it's really cool to be able to be at that forefront. It's definitely not for everybody. A lot of people that I've seen the last eight years, some of them will pick them up, they'll grab it and they'll go, ah, I just, I don't like it. Where other people will grab it and they'll go, wow, this makes a lot of sense. They put the putter on their left forearm, they rock their shoulders and it takes out all the small muscles in the putting stroke. It takes out the wrists, the hands, and they're able to just, you know, make more putts. I mean, I personally use arm lock, Matt. I know you said you do. Yep. And I can honestly say it's saved about two to four shots around for me personally. And again, it's not for everybody, but for guys that do struggle inside 10 feet, absolutely give it a try. I mean, I think it's a, it's a winner through and through. And again, speaking personally and watching other players that we've worked with on professional tours at amateurs use it and have a lot of success. Uh, it's, it's a great new style. And uh, I think it's here to stay. I, I only see it gaining more traction after, you know, adopting it and uh, being two years with it almost. Um, I can't agree with you more. And, you know, for me, I, I always putted uh, with the ball kind of up in my stance and a little bit of a forward. I like a flat left wrist. And so when I picked up your guys arm bar, it was the it was already there. You know, I didn't have to do any setup change. I think for folks that are, are central putters, you know, that like the more atypical Tiger Woods, you know, kind of a little cup left wrist, I think they're going to have a, a trouble getting it up there. But that adjustment still can happen pretty easily. And uh, I'm all in, man. Good. Great to hear. <laughs> Team Armlock. Team Armlock. Exactly. Uh, the Studio B experience. I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Um, so you, you were kind to invite me out to get this fitting for this club. And I didn't know what to expect. I have been fitted for putters before, but what you guys do, I, I was thinking about it this morning on how I describe, how could I describe it? I mean, you have the, the floor, right. Of manufacturing and, and there's this like military efficiency to what you guys do out there. But then when, when you're in studio B, you feel the, uh, the artisan work, the craftsmanship, the, the art behind the science, there's all the numbers in the world you want. And, and I think your guy, Matt was the one helping me out. Um, unbelievable, man. And it's just, <laughs> and like, for me, I think golf, uh, what helps a lot with my game is awareness and just being able to see that stuff. Uh, he insisted I roll every putter. I'm like, really? I got, he goes, yes, you got to roll every putter. Cause I just want to see how it reacts, but I want to hear what you feel. Um, how, how have you guys, I, I, this has got to be a unique experience in the golf business, right? And anyone that has the opportunity to go, I, I can't encourage it more, but how did you guys just, just it's, it's kind of step one, right. Of the putter journey. How did you guys design that? And, and tell me kind of about how studio B has developed over the years. Yeah. Studio B's uh, well, thanks for the compliments, Matt, but uh, I'm glad you got your, your fit, but studio B's evolved over the years. Um, you know, just, we want obviously people to come here and, you know, experience the, the veterinary company. I mean, when you walk in, you go right by my father's office uh, and my office is on the other end. Uh, and you go upstairs and you get to see all the putters we make, you know, we have the hive right there, which is, you know, kind of expresses, you know, uh, my creativity, my dad's creativity and the putters we make the head covers, the, all the accessories, which is all one off, which is awesome. 
and just trying to keep that stocked is a whole nother uh, conversation with the people coming in and, and wanting what's in the hive. But when you come in, we, you know, putting's all about confidence. This is what's always uh, been instilled in me and just throughout the years I've learned, you want to look down at, at something that, you know, you can make putts with. So that's why Matt Isaacson, who's our uh, lead fitter over there told you, Hey, try everything. So when you're, when people come into the studio, we probably have, you know, our whole production range, which is 18 to 19 heads. And we have another 50 putters in the hive. So you have about 70 or 80 putters to try. Uh, so, you know, all varying head shapes, different finishes, different face millings, different necks, different alignments. So what we do is if, if someone comes in and wants to try, uh, you know, five, seven putters, that's great. They may go, wow, I really like the look of these three. Then we'll bring them in the room next door and we'll put them on our Quintech fitting system, which is a absolutely stunning, you know, state of the art, uh, uh, fitting system that we work with, with, uh, Paul Hurion over at, at Quintech. And you're going to get the data on those three or four putters that look good to you. And we're going to tell you, Hey, you grabbed a BB one, a queen B six and an N of a, uh, seven, your best, you know, stroke and your best performance is with that N of a six. That's what we recommend to you. So that's just going to give you so much confidence when you leave and go to the course and go, holy smokes, I went to Batnardi, I tried 15 putters, and I'm rolling a putter that that's this my stroke. I know I'm going to make putts. And that's going to easily translate to, again, more putts made, uh, lower score, more confidence that's going to carry throughout the rest of your game. You know, I don't need this. Everybody knows drive for show, putt for dough. Putting is the most important part of golf. You know, your putter, you're using, you know, 25 to 40 times around your driver using 10 to 12. So if you can save a couple shots on putting, that means everything. If you're trying to become a better golfer, if you just want to hang out and have some beers and hit, hit bombs, that's great. You know, go to a fitter and, and get it, you know, get a cool shaft dialed in. But if you want to get better at golf, you got to get fit for a putter. So I think we perfected the fitting experience over the years. We use V1 and Quintech. Uh, you know, again, we have a great, great team. Matt's been a great addition. You know, he's a, a PGA professional in Illinois. He's part of the merchandising of the year team a couple of years ago when he was at Crystal Tree. Uh, Mike Viviano is the manager of Studio B, uh, who's had a lot of experience out on tour. Uh, Nick Brandt, Tommy Sopic. So we have a great, great staff that uh, fit and help merchandise Studio B. And, and, uh, and it, you know, again, the Hive's kind of our show-off area where we kind of do all the fun one-off stuff. But Anybody that's in the Chicago land or people that want to fly in, we get a lot of people that fly in from California, you know, New York, all over the country, and even some people, you know, all around the world before this pandemic started that want to come check out Studio B in the Hive. And like you said, while you're getting fit, you can look out, out this window on the shop floor and watch the product being made. How cool is that? So again, something that we can do that nobody else in the industry can do where, while you're getting fit, watch your putter being made. It's pretty cool. I don't want to ruin the surprise for anybody that ends up, you know, going to studio B, but the, the hive is very unassuming from the outside and, and you walk in it. I felt like it was the uh, you know, that scene in Indiana Jones where the Holy grail is at the end of that room. It's, it's, it's just, I was like, my putter's in here. I can feel it. It's here somewhere. Um, but uh, while I was in there, Matt shared with me another story I did not know about. And I, I wanted to see if I could get a little more from you on it is um, Jim Furyk, 03. So in 2003, Jim Furyk wins the U S open at Olympia fields on the North course. 
and you guys kind of played a hand in that. Could you could you give me a little bit of that story? Yeah, um, I was only I guess I was 13 at the time, but I was there uh, Saturday, Sunday, all 36 halls were with them after. So I, I, I definitely very vividly remember that. So on Monday, Jim Furyk gets to the course and the USGA deemed his putter illegal. So the width of your putter cannot be longer than the length heel to toe. So they deemed it illegal. And he knew that we were, you know, the best option because we were only, you know, we're 20 minutes from Olympia Fields being here in Tilly Park. So our rep was on site and he heard this about Jim. He goes, Jim, why don't you come to Studio B? We'll dial you in. So Jim comes over Tuesday and he's at our studio for eight hours, pretty much all day trying to find a putter to use. And we're going, you know, back and forth, back and forth. His dad was there with him. And I think he took a nap in between. And it was a very arduous process, uh, but finally settled on a putter that was called the Baby Ben. So he picked it up Tuesday. We built it to his specs, but it gave it to him Wednesday. And he wins the tournament on Sunday. Uh, he shoots eight under and wins the U.S. Open. That was our first major as a company, it was a little divine intervention there uh, to be able to have that happen. I think he was the only guy or maybe two or three guys we had in the field that week. Uh, so to be able to have a guy, you know, a small company like us that was just getting going only four years off the ground, win the U.S. Open in our own backyard after his butter was deemed illegal, absolutely incredible. Uh, so I remember, again, being out there following him and celebrating with him in the locker room after it was just surreal. So cool, uh, being out there. And again, being able to share that with Jim and have that happen again, right. 20 minutes from us, just absolutely incredible. And a great part of our history, uh, to be able to have that happen with Jim. So very, what, very cool. What a way to, I'm sure everybody remembers their first major, but what a way <laughs> for your, your guys company to, to be on the map in that way. I mean, how big was the company in 2003? Uh, well, we were, we started in 90, December of 98. And then in 1999, that was, we first got going. So we had a couple of PGA tour wins, you know, Jasper Parnovic won in 99, Mickelson won in 2000, uh, Kuchar in 02, I mentioned Luke Donald in 02. So we had some big wins, but a lot of the times, uh, when these players would win, the big companies would come in and pay these guys to switch out of our product and use their brand. So it was a little frustrating, but we knew we had a great product as we were winning and, and some of these bigger guys were uh, using our putters. So in 03, my dad decided to team up with the Ben Hogan Golf Company and try to get that bigger golf company support because uh, Hogan at the time was owned by Spalding. Um, so Spalding owned Top Flight, Etonic, um, and, and Hogan, and we were hoping they could go out and support some of these bigger guys to use our product, and they did. So that was just the start of the Ben Hogan partnership. So Furick used a, uh, a baby B, baby Ben, you know, as a prototype. And then it became the baby Ben after Ben Hogan. And we sold a lot of those baby Ben putters that year and the year after. And, um, you know, again, we were still a small golf company, but having the name behind us really helped get the name out there a lot more. So uh, compared to where we were now, we're a lot bigger now, but that was a big, uh, I got shot in the arm to get the brand out to the masses. Yeah. And, and let's, let's talk about now. Cause there's a, a I, you're in charge of player relations uh, for, you know, the tour players and um, you guys got a pretty extensive list. Who's, who, who's exciting you right now. That's rolling with Bettinari. Uh, well, 
Yeah, we have a uh, tour department. Dave Kubiak's our director of tour. Tim Bonner handles player development. Um, you know, Corn Ferry, LPGA. I mean, I'm most excited about Patty Tabatanica. I mean, she just won the ANA Inspiration. We just signed her this year, and she's 22, and she just won her first LPGA win was a major. So how cool is that? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's great for the Betnardi brand. We've won, you know, LPGA events, but we've never won an LPGA major. So to have a girl like her, she's repping the Betnardi staff bag out there. She's got the putter. Uh, I just went down to see her at Iowa work to do some content. And she's just such a sweetheart, amazing talent. Uh, she just went to Asia and Singapore and Thailand, finished T3, T3, already, you know, third on the points list. So she's really exciting uh, and kind of reminds me of Tiger at her age coming on and just dominating. Uh, she bombs the ball. So in terms of our whole staff, I'm really excited about Patty uh, on the men's side, of course, you know, Sam Horsfield, he was second place in the PGA after round one, uh, won twice in the European tour last year, Matthew Fitzpatrick, top 15 in the world, Kuchar, longtime staffer, Jason Kokrak, one last fall, got his first breakthrough win. Uh, he was like 180th in putting on the tour. We signed him now. He's top 30. So uh, great to have him come to Studio B, do some great work. Um, and just developing other guys in the Corn Ferry Tour. So we have about seven to eight guys in the PGA week in and week out. Seven to ten in the Corn Ferry, seven to ten in the LPGA. And just watching these players go to the next level is a lot of fun. You know, we were watching golf all the time on the weekends. And uh, it's exciting. You know, I think the last four to five years, we've had over 20 to 25 professional wins, you know, again, getting that major out of the way this year was huge. And, uh, it's a really, really fun time that it's, it's really cool to watch these guys getting in and girls getting into our product and most importantly winning. It just, it validates the brand, not only here, but around the world. And, uh, it's cool. A lot of fun. It's got to feel, uh, it, it, not many people have the feeling of wa uh, watching television and, you know, your favorite professional golfers. And when the camera zooms up on that big putt, you know, you get to see your guys hard work right there in your hands. That's gotta be a cool feeling. It's yeah. It, it never gets old. Let's just say that. Uh, it's so much work. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, the putters that you see the players using, it, it's not just like we made him a putter and then there it is, or they, uh, they came and got fit. There's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes with, uh, let's say a guy like Horsefield, we've probably made, you know, over 30 putters in the last couple of years, just to dial in what he's using now, whether it's the swing weight, the face milling, uh, the overall weight, the alignment, the finish, uh, you know, Patty getting her with a face milling, a swing weight. I mean, it never ends. Kuchar, we've been making him a lot of putters lately because he's been trying this right-hand arm lock style, if you've seen that, at negative loft. So it's it's a lot. And, you know, having to stop some of our machines that are making the production models like the Queen Bee series, the BB series, to break in and make a prototype for Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick or to make a prototype for uh, a top 10 player in the world. You know, we have to do that to be able to compete on the biggest stage. But uh, it's fun to be able to see it through and send it out and kind of wait for that feedback. And, hey, it's in play or, oh, shoot, you know, we got to make more. It's, uh, it's tiring. But, again, that, that final product, watching it on TV, it's awesome. You know, Matthew Fitzpatrick's an interesting one because I, I um, went back to an old college putter at one point because of Matthew Fitzpatrick and, and how he rolls the rock. But he was with, yes, 
for a while, the Yes brand. Was there a connection between Yes and Bettinardi, or did you guys make him his his recent putters? Yeah, he was never signed with anybody. He was always a free agent. Um, and in 2016, I had golfed with a friend of Matt's, and I asked him, I go, how do we get Matt in the bag? You know, he's using a Yes putter, but Yes is out of business. That's right. That's, right. yeah, that's, that's kind of how it happened. And, and he told me, you know, funny that Matt was actually buying the yes putters on eBay as backups because again, they're out of business. There's no support. I go, what in the world? Why don't, why don't we, you know, introduce us, let us be his company of choice. So working with Matt, Matt basically say, Hey, if you can match my gamer, I'm in on Bettinardi. So there, there was a process that took, years you know it took about two years to get it into play four years to get him fully committed to the brand because of all the nuances i mean matt's one of the top five putters in the world uh hands down i think he's number two on the pga tour right now in putting stats but the amount of detail that goes into what he sees versus let's say what you and i would pick up is unbelievable and it's a true testament to how good these guys are and how good matt is um so Really, really cool to see that process. So we, we duplicated his putter. We learned a lot from what he was looking for, and he loves it. He loves the Bettinardi brand, and we're so proud to have him on the team and uh, expect big things out of him the rest of the year. Well, I, I, I almost thought for a second that – because when I got did the fitting and I'm rolling all these different putters, it immediately – took me to that old yes putter. And, and I've been kind – I wasn't really searching like Matt was searching, but um, – I haven't rolled anything like that. And, and so I, for a second there, I thought that you guys were actually behind the scenes of yes, you know, doing the milling and doing the, putting everything together, but uh, that's a cool story. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Um, let's shift to the average golfer. So I got a buddy who will rename nameless part of new club plays, plays with uh, people will know who I'm talking about when they hear this, you know, he uses this janky putter that is from probably 30 years ago and it's just beat to hell. Like the face has <laughs> dents in it. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know what he's been using for, but more than putting. Um, and, and, it, and it clearly doesn't fit him. You know, you see where his eyes are over the ball. You're like this thing. And, and he, I don't think he enjoys putting. He just doesn't enjoy it. So uh, how would you talk a guy like that into, you know, trying something else out? <laughs> Yeah, tell your buddy to take his communion money out and come to Studio B. <laughs> no, uh, guys like that, I mean, like I said earlier, Matt, it's if you want to become a better golfer, you got to get fit. And I'm not just saying you have to come to Studio B. Go to one of our retailers. Go go try different putters. You just said his eyes are not over the ball. I mean, that's, that's step one, finding the right length. And then it's the lie. Then it's the law. Um, if he cares about his golf game, why would you use outdated putters? And again, there's a lot of players out there that can use, look at a guy like Snedeker. He's used the same putter since high school. You know, since he's been 16, he's got a great stroke. There's nothing wrong with the putter, but that's fit him. And he's changed, you know, he's used that so long. and He's become so comfortable with that putter that he's been using. He'll never switch, but it fits him. And he knows how that putter works. Your buddy has no idea uh, he probably pulled it out of his garage or his uncle or his dad gave it to him and he just uses it. But how much better could he be if he were to get fit? Uh, I would, I would make a big bet with him actually that he would save two to three strokes around just by coming to studio B if he's a Chicago guy. He is. And we're talking about, you know, 39, 40 putt average. I mean, oh, yeah, I think, I think it's six. <laughs> I, the reason I'm so on him about it is I think it's a 
seven or eight stroke jump. I mean, it's, um, yeah, yeah the, the fittings are funny. Cause if you've listened, if any of our, our folks listen, our regular listeners of the podcast, they know that sometimes I, I don't always buy into the full, uh, fitting on the full swing. And, and the reason, and, and what I mean by that is like, you know, the, it can get real expensive real fast on uh, the, the souped up pieces and, and configurations. But it, for my, my game, at least, I've always felt that I need a baseline fitting and I need a window to work within mm-hmm. uh, because my swing is going to change. You know, there's going to be times that I'm working out a lot. There's going to be times that I'm not working out at all. And so I, I've kind of uh, hated a little bit on, on the full swing fitting. But if anybody, maybe I haven't talked about the putter fitting. I am such a believer in a putter fitting because for me, the biggest part is the eye test is it's an eye test. Like we need to know what eye is dominant. We need to know where your eyes are over the ball. We need to know that. And the beauty of a putter fitting to me, at least is that you can, you can more consistently have the same putting stroke versus the long swing. It's a smaller movement. It's a smaller setup. And, yeah. and so for me, I, uh, people might, some, sometimes think it's contradictory, but I really am such a believer in the putter fitting. And now going through your guys' experience too, it's like, okay, that's another level of some other things that are beyond the eye test that I wasn't even considering. But, um, but yeah, I encourage people to do it. I really do. You have to. Uh, and again, if you go to a, a leading fitter, let's say in the Chicago land or wherever you live, and you may spend, let's say a driver's $500, a new shaft's $500, uh, you get it pured. You're into the driver for, you know, 1100, 1200 bucks. If you're going all out, if you, if you get a putter from us, it's three, four, four fifty. If you go in the hive, that's a different story. It's, you know, you know, 1500, 1200 and up. Um, if you go to a local retailer, again, that's our pricing. You go get a fitter, maybe they'll charge a hundred bucks. So again, that's the quickest way to become a better golfer is a, your short game wedges and putting. And then again, most importantly, putting. So same thing, your buddy, I have a friend at my club who's uh, about a three or four handicap, his name's Billy, and he is a great player. And he just is like, hey, I was out in Arizona. I shot 80 with uh, 39 putts. I'm like, what is wrong with you, dude? Come on out here and get fit. I mean, it's just such a glaring thing. Um, So again, that's, I guess that's why you're having me on, Matt. We got to get people into putting. You know, I, I, you're, you've converted me, so I'll, I'll get, we'll get more folks on this uh, this movement, if you will. Because the other thing I'll say, and again, listeners of the pod will know, I, I take some gripes with uh, the OEM marketing, right? And just the constant, like, it, it just feels like they, they're treating people like we're idiots. You know, the only way to get really better is is you got to put in time and you got to get, you know, the right, the right um, uh, game plan you know, for your game. And, and a lot of that could be the fittings and whatnot, but you guys, it, I, I respect how you guys present your product. I really do because, you know, the OEMs are just constantly down our throat, longer, faster, get other for you guys. It's let's get a fit. And, and you guys also don't lose, lose sight of the artisan work, right? Like I, I what I miss yeah. in golf, what I really miss in golf. And I, and I am jealous of the folks from, you know, prior generations is the craftsmanship. You know, yes, we understand that there's big machinery that's got got to build this stuff. And we understand the computers are running our lives and all that. But, you know, I play golf for for the art of it in a lot of ways. I I, that's kind of my creative outlet sometimes is I just love that. And putting is so built for that, you know, and and I, I lost sight of it, honestly. And so 
you know, getting a putter with you guys for me, I wanted it to be a connection piece. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to look good. I wanted it to feel good. And, and you guys don't lose sight of that artisan. Has that always been kind of a conversation you guys have with? Oh, it's, it's absolutely always what we're about. I mean, uh, we hammer home. It's made in the USA. I mean, that's our tagline. And like you said about the OEMs, I don't know why they keep hammering home seven to 10 more yards every year, because again, we're not stupid. We're just not. Uh, we've never put in any of our marketing that you're going to make more putts per round. I can bet that if you come go get fit, you're going to make more putts per round. But if you're buying a Betnardi, whether it's our putters or wedges, you're buying quality. As long as we have quality behind our name, we're going to be a successful golf company. So again, I can walk 15 feet from my office onto our manufacturing floor, watch everything, be, uh, the metal coming in from the mills, onto the saw, cut, onto the machine, milled, inspected, polished, painted, assembled, shipped all in house. So it's really unbelievable. And I, again, take it for granted sometimes, but our whole brand's about innovation, craftsmanship, and the heritage, right? The heritage, we've had over 85 wins since we've started, uh, since 1998. Craftsmanship, I just told that. And the innovation of continuing to improve our product lines, new face millings, uh, new technology like our Innovate series with the stainless front, the aluminum back, which is a high MOI model, uh, and just continuing to tell that story. You know, it's family owned, and we're not going to come out here and say, you're going to make 10% more putts around by buying a Betnardi, but you're buying quality. And people appreciate quality, especially nowadays with everything being manufactured in China. People want that niche product, they want that boutique feel. And that's where, if you're looking for that, that's, that's what we have to offer in Ben Golf. Let me ask you about wedges real quick. Cause I was not aware when, before I came out that you guys got in the wedge game. Um, how, how long you've been building wedges and, and what's the experience been? Yeah. Uh, we've been making wedges. We started in 2002. My dad actually tried milling a wedge out of a block of steel which was crazy because all of his uh, machinists uh, hated him because it was such an arduous process. So it was about a five or $600 wedge because of all the time and energy uh, to be able to make that. And the industry just was not ready for that at the time. So that was 2002, 2010, 11, we tried again. Again, very time consuming. Uh, and again, his machinists said, if you ever try making us mill wedges again, we're gonna quit. So that was it for in terms of milling the whole thing out of a block of steel. Uh, since then, 2014, 15, we decided to get our wedges forged, which is the best process in terms of, of manufacturing an iron or a wedge. And we've been doing it since 14, 15. And this past year, when we launched our HLX 3.0 forged wedge line, it's been the most robust offer to date, you know, with two finishes, black smoke and chrome. Uh, 50 through 60 in the lofts, and then two grinds. We have a C grind and an RJ grind. RJ is a high bounce option. And the most exciting part for us is, again, people know us for putters, and I don't want to just have people think, hey, they're just making wedges to make wedges. We, we nailed it this year. Our wedges are 15% lower launch and 15% higher spin than the leading wedge manufacturer. So that's data from uh, Club Champion. They proved it out on their track pan and their fitting software. So we got to continue to tell that story. And fitters, that's where you can go get fit for our wedges. You got to go to fitters. I don't recommend, you know, you can buy them off the rack. That's great. I mean, my wedges are off the rack. They're customized, of course, because it's my company. But in terms of the, the specs, I was never fit. Um, I got our wedges. They look good to me. 
Uh, and everybody that plays them loves them. They don't understand why they're not in more players' bags, but that data that we do have more spin and, and lower launch is huge. It's not a higher handicappers wedge, you know, 18 and up. I'd say it's more of a, it's not a game improvement club. It's a player's wedge. So if you're a, a good player and you like clean classic lines, you like uh, a nice forge product, then got to give the veterinary wedge a try. Yeah, the wedge fittings um, are another thing that I kind of lost sight of, but grind and bounce. I mean, how important is grind? Like you said, probably, uh, you know, I, I can see same benefits, 15, 10 handicaps. But um, if you don't know what grind and bounces are best for your game, the way you chip, the shots you hit, like you need to go find out because it is drastic and and even for me is like i travel a lot i play a lot of different golf courses some are firm some are soft but understanding what my bounce does makes me a better golfer and if you don't if you don't go do it and ask good questions and just chat you know chat with the fitter like that that's another one that i'm also a big believer in so yeah uh, there's there's a good chance again back to short game you're going to use your wedges almost every hole right whether it's a short par four and you're you know you're hitting your 52 into the green you miss the green, you need to get up and down. So short games, you know, is golf. That's, that's the name of the game. So uh, right. we want to, we want to own the short game category. And I know we've made some great strides last year with our new wedge line and uh, it's fun customizing them and being able to get out there and start making some headway into the wedge market. The way I'm hitting the ball, I'm using my wedges a lot, way too much. So I <laughs> might be your next customer. Okay. I got one last thing for you, Sam. It's yep. called the 19th soul. We're doing it uh, with all of our guests this season on the bag drop. I've yep. taken 35 questions from Marcel Proust, who was a French novelist trying to get to the truest nature of an individual. We're not doing that. What we're trying to do is find the soul of the golfer. So I have 18 questions for you. Some of them can get pretty deep. Just warning. But okay. uh, we got 10 minutes here to go. Short answer. First thing that comes to your mind, let it fly. Sam, are you ready? Let's do it. Hole number one. When were you the happiest as a golfer? Uh, happiest as a golfer? Probably junior year in high school. Number two. What's the scariest golf shot? Scariest golf shot's a 50-yard bunker shot. It's very true. Phil hit a really good one this week. I, I don't know if you saw that. It was incredible. Number three, what is your go-to order at the halfway house? Uh, transfusion. Good answer. Number four, what is the trait you most deplore in your golf game? Uh, I would say short, long wedge shots. Number five, what is the quality you most look for in a playing partner? Uh, you know, have a great conversation and keep up with the pace of play. Pace, 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 pace. Number six, what is the trait you most deplore in other golfers? Pace of play. <laughs> Number seven, what words or phrases do you most overuse on the golf course? Oh, that's a good one. Um, press. <laughs> Number eight, what golfing talent would you most want to have? Uh, I would love to hit the ball a little bit farther. Bombs. I want to hit bombs. Hit bombs. Number nine, what is your most treasured golf possession? Ooh, uh, most treasured golf possession. I got a flag in my basement signed by uh, the Open champ, Francesco Molinari, 
after working with him when he won the open, you know, to Sam, thanks for all the help. That's pretty cool from the open champ. That's really cool. And that duel with Tiger that, that Sunday is still one of my favorite majors. Justin Rose, Xander, everybody. Speed. Yeah. So good. That is, that's a good one. Number 10. What's the one thing in your golf bag you should throw out? Um, the sleeve of golf sleeves of golf balls. There's no reason to just keep the sleeves in there. Just throw them out. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like pack rat, I guess. That's a, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> point. I don't, I do the same thing. I just, they're, they're like in there. Just for put the balls after. in the ball pouch and throw the sleeve out. Makes too much sense. <laughs> Number 12. Have you ever asked another golfer for their autograph? Yes. Francesco. Yeah. I don't know if you asked for that one, but I didn't yeah. ask him, but uh, when I was a kid, I was an autograph hound. I'm like, you know, with just being uh, kind of like a little collector. I collect scorecards, flags, pencils. I'm kind of like uh, a junkie in that regard. So uh, as a kid, autograph hound for sure. Me, me too. Uh, number 13, what historical golf figure do you most relate to? Um, Payne Stewart. That's a, that's a pretty good one good guy to, to model after as well. Great guy to idolize. Absolutely. Number 14. What is your greatest golf regret? Um, not working on my short game more. <laughs> Number 15. What is your favorite golf book or movie? Uh, book golf is not a game of perfect by Bob Rotella and movie gotta be happy Gilmore. Both great. 16. What is your least favorite hole in all of golf? Uh, number 18 at Crystal Tree in Orland Park. <laughs> That's great. Where you've been club champion, I believe, is one of your... You know, I have. It's a, it's a phenomenal hole. It's got the worst green in all of Chicago. They got to blow it up. I, lo I love... Usually people take a long time to answer that question, <laughs> I, but I love you. You knew exactly where you were. I going. know that's my lead great, here. Great hole, awful green. It's, it's 18. You got to enjoy playing the 18th hole. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm with you. 17, one song to listen to on the golf course for the rest of your life. What is it? A song or a, uh, one song. I would throw something on from, Something from the Grateful Dad, just something to chill and just try to make birdies do. I like rhythm. If we yeah. are listening to music, I'm not always a music guy, but as long as we are Grateful Dead, any favorite Grateful Dead song? Uh, just throw on a playlist. I mean, there's about 30 great Grateful Dead songs, but yeah. Can't go wrong. Uh, and number 18, final question for you. If you had a motto, maybe you do, what would it be? Uh, if I had a motto... I don't necessarily have a motto. Um, I think one thing just learning and playing with a lot of, you know, great players and big things is we all put our pants on the same way, be respectful, you know, be nice to everybody. I don't know why there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have attitudes or think they're better than people. So I love saying to people, you know, a lot of people go, Hey, how is this guy? Or how is that guy? He was great. People want to know how other people are like that's human nature. And I love saying we all put our pants on the same way. Um, and there's a lot of people that are like that. There's some that are not, but I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day, we all got to wake up, shower, put our clothes on and go out about our day. And, uh, we're all made the same way. So why treat anybody differently? So 
I, I, I'm going to turn that into a motto for you. Cause I th thank you. That's great perspective. And, uh, I really enjoy chatting with you today, Sam. I'm excited for, we got a little surprise coming up from that Nardi for some of our yes. member guest champions. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, and just thanks for being with us. Absolutely, Matt. This was a great conversation and, uh, let's go tee it up soon. And if people want to, uh, check you out, check out the company, where should they head? Check out betnardigolf.com, excuse me, and then check out our Instagram, uh, betnardigolf. You can follow us. We've got a great team, great content on there. Uh, always new high releases, new content with our players, and uh, appreciate you guys listening in and learn a little bit more about the brand. Thanks, Sam. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber, please do subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we're at New Club Golf. This episode was produced by Mark Caldwell with research assistance by Jim Sitar. The backdrop is supported by members of New Club Golf Society and our official partners. Journeyman Distillery is the official partner of this year's summer medal at Sand Valley and Lasonia. Golf and whiskey go together like, well, the perfect twosome. My favorite is their Silver Cross. It's a name that hails from the medal given out at the early days of the British Open. This medal would later come to symbolize friendship, tradition, camaraderie, and spirited competition. In that same spirit, Journeyman has created a tradition they call Four Grains for Golf, donating 1% of all sales from Silver Cross whiskey back to the various golf charities and organizations that teach kids the game of golf. It instills in them its core values. Kids play free on Welter Follies 30,000 square foot real grass putting green. Not kidding, it's huge. Modeled after Himalayas putting course in St. Andrews, Scotland. Journeyman has been distilling artisan spirits for a decade in their historic feather bone factory located in the one stoplight town of Three Oaks, Michigan. They are grain to bottle, produce certified organic, kosher, and gluten-free award-winning whiskeys. And you can check out their full portfolio of spirits at journeymandistillery.com.